We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Guidance is internal. Ignition sequence starts. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Permission to board, please. Permission to come aboard. Permission to board. Permission to board. Do I have some permission to board that sweet mothership? This is the Permission Granted Podcast. Here's DA. Welcome inside the PGP, the Permission Granted Podcast, the show about the show, the show within the show. So glad you're with us on this fine PGP that's going to delve inside the 12 DAs of Christmas. There's always different ways you can listen to the PGP. You can listen to us. The full, the full four hours are always available, of course, in podcast form. Or the best of the show is available in podcast form as well. And they're both available inside the Odyssey app. If you listen to the Odyssey app to listen to us live, you'll find the podcast of the show as well inside the Odyssey app also. So many, many ways you can listen to this and the rest of the DA show's family of podcasts. So today we debuted the, the, the official countdown, number 12 of the 12 DAs. And number 12 came in as Landfill hosted by Human Filth. There was a listener that uh, suggested earlier in the fall when Merez was bellyaching about his wife being pregnant and having to be there for the kid and not being able to go to Boise. And he took shots at his, his sisters as well and the rest of his family that he was becoming human filth. Tim tweets, Mraz is human filth. He's choosing a football game over the birth of his second kid. Have some respect for your wife, you dirtbag. When callers call in, beep, beep, beep. <laughs> what's up, John? You're part of the landfill. <laughs> Hey man, what's up, human filth? Long time, John. They come up. Long time, first time. Hey, human filth, just wanted to see. Do you think the Buccaneers can go undefeated? I'll hang up and listen, human filth. <laughs> Welcome to landfill. Produced by Dave Shep. <laughs> hey man, I love the landfill. <laughs> really enjoyed it. Some great work. All right, next up, it's Chad in Indianapolis. Chad, what's on your mind? Hey, man, human filth. I just want to tell you, I love the landfill. I'm with you. I've had four kids. I wasn't there for any of their births. And, in fact, I've stolen money from my, my, my mom. I love what you stand for. <laughs> this show is my favorite show. And just wondering, what do you think about the Colts offensive line? I'll hang up and listen. What up, landfill, human filth? Do you think the Niners should start Trey Lance? I'll hang up and listen. <laughs> 
I it's like Fat this. Sister Friday on. <laughs> <laughs> What's the worst thing you've ever done to a loved one? It's it's Hate Thursdays <laughs> here on the landfill. <laughs> and that we were joking around that the name of his show should be the landfill, and so. That became the riff of the day that became today's 12 Days of Christmas. Now, you said, Mariah, this is the first one you really had to rethink. Me, you, and Cap, was it? Or me, you, and Pete did not have this in our top 16. Right, correct. I am pulling this up now, and yes, you, me, and Pete failed to even include it as a first four out, where Kaplan had it as a first four out. And it was really, really helped along, as was the previous day's first four out, by the high ranking and high regard it was given by Bogus and Connor Green, which, again, is something I alluded to on last week's PGP, throwing Connor now earning enough uh, street cred on the DA show to have votes is going to throw this thing for a loop. If Connor wasn't in a vote and it was just Bogus, this may not have made the list at all. And you think? that maybe we've missed this, that this was, in hindsight, funnier than we would have realized. Even though we all listened to all the clips to vote, you thought in real time it was funnier. I did. I did. Now, I will also say this. We play it twice on the show. The first time I listened, I laughed my ass off. The second time I listened on the show on Wednesday, I laughed my ass off even harder. So... Maybe it's one of those things like it's a movie. You go to the movies the first time, you okay. see it, you don't love it, and then all of a sudden it's on in reruns and somebody else tells you, no, no, it's good, rewatch it, and then you appreciate it more. I mean, that's happened a ton of times to people, shows, movies, whatever. Uh, maybe this is a fine wine 12 DA that even to me, the more I have it drilled into my head, the more I laugh hysterically harder and don't get sick of it going the reverse. I do wonder, though, if we're going to have a lot of those as we open up the listing. I mean, it's possible that you feel that way another six times, and then when you feel that way six times, then it is actually properly ranked oh, because no you couldn't bump it up seven spots. There's no doubt about it. And and frankly, and, I, and I'm looking at the grid, and I'm looking at what the overall list is going to get to, it, it is one of those things. It's not as if we all voted on this, and any of us are going to raise our hand and go, I hated that moment. Why did any of you guys even like that moment? They're all either unique, hysterical, awkward, funny in their own way. And again, it also comes back to kind of like the college football playoff committee with strength of schedule, right? What do we value the most when voting for a 12 DA? And we all value different things, not wanting to be repetitive, what we laughed harder at, maybe a, you know, a more classic can't-tell-the-story-without moment. So as long as we don't have a fine defined what actually makes the best 12 DA and all of us have our own scale, we're always going to feel this way after them. One of our listeners brought up that the fact, I think it was Reed Phillips, brought up that because people have referred to you, at least listeners have, as human filth since that it actually carries a lot of weight because it was so memorable that that's kind of, it was a, quote, impact player, as Reed Phillips brought up. So that could be weighed in. I thought the one clip, and I don't know how everybody else voted. I'd like to know this. The one clip that I really, in retrospect, said I voted too low was how you melted down after seeing yourself on camera. It's honestly depressing. This watch DA in this Twitch stream, every camera in the studio is broke. So you have a nice camera in there, and now I'm propped up on a phone on a tripod with a ring light, and there's something about this angle the cap is set up. Look, I'm not denying I know I'm not in shape. I look like the fattest sausage bursting out of a casing right now every day. 
and I got to look up at white beard, and frankly, my moves bouncing all over the place, my rubber tire stomach, I can't live like this! I can't live like it anymore! It's depressing every day I look at myself, what am I doing? I'm killing myself! It's depressing! I'm a slob, and it needs to end! I am looking at a pillar of death! I, I mean, I look at the way I look on Watch DA, and I give myself 10 years. I mean, this is horrible. I promise you I'm doing the, the shakes. I got the brown, the white. I, 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 I do a little grilled chicken for lunch. It's not like I'm sitting down and tying my hands behind my back and just slugging like a pig at the trough at the dinner. I mean, I'm not that disgraceful. Sure, I could cut out some sugars. I don't even drink during the week. I, I, can a doctor find a thyroid problem with me? It makes no sense. How could Stu lose that much weight on quarantine? How could he do it? And I am sitting here, basically, jeans hanging on for dear life? Oink, oink. Okay. Because the dynamic of that clip, which ended up as number thir- as number 14, it was the third clip of the first four out. We played it on Monday. The dynamic was so, it was so perfect. It was, we were at home for 14 months working only via Zoom and from our home studios. So the only thing we saw of you was from the moves up, sometimes from the, from the neck up on, on camera. And so, yeah, I had seen you obviously at Bob's Bar. And yes, I had seen you two falls ago for apple picking. But overall... Like, you and I and the rest of us didn't see each other day-to-day besides on Zoom. And you showed up in the studio July 5th, whenever we returned (laughs) back to the studio. And remember, the cameras originally were broken. We had been out of the studios for so long, we came back to, like, an old ghost town in the West. Nothing worked. Cobwebs all over the place. Cap was scotch taping, duct taping, tying things together to just get the simulcast on. And the cameras weren't working. And so he had to put, remember, like a little camera on top of a tripod pointed down at you, like from the sky. Yeah, it wasn't good at all, DA. And I think, (laughs) I'll be totally honest with you, I think I was biased in my vote against this one because I didn't include it in my first four out either. Probably because to me, as funny as it was hearing it finally play on the air, I don't know if I was trying to hide more of me being fat or more of me being vulnerable. I don't know if it was because living that moment and you guys laughing at me, I actually did feel horrible about myself, but I did not include it probably for one of those psychological reasons. And I could tell you that uh, as I look at the grid here, myself, Pete, and Kaplan did not have it included. Remember, that was the one where Cap told the Twitch audience, whoever didn't have this in their top 12 should have their vote revoked, which included him, (laughs) which is unbelievable. (laughs) So you had it as a first four out where you had it exactly where it was slotted. So it's interesting to hear you say maybe it should have been higher where it actually fell exactly where you thought it would fall, which is actually surprisingly until you get the first three kind of rare for these. Bogish had it at five, and remember, he just had the landfill moment at four, so you're starting to get a feel for the Bogus top five, and Connor Green had it seven. So those two clips specifically, the Friday or the Monday clip, followed by this clip that we played on Wednesday, both helped out big time by Bogish and Connor there, and it's interesting to hear you you know, basically proclaim a clip that landed where you wanted it to land, say, you know what, maybe we need to rethink that as well. I think hearing it again, the anguish in your voice and calling yourself a pillar of death and just you kept going on and on and on. 
rarely does anybody take the hatchet to themselves so harshly. Yeah. And that's what you did. You had seen something in that camera that you did not like, and you just didn't. kept hacking at yourself, and it made for hysterical radio. So, yeah, I voted it 14, and that's basically where it came in. But upon listening to it, I probably had voted a little too low. Yeah. Which brings us now to the first of the first four out, which was Pete absolutely hating taking phone calls. I'm like, what do you want me to tell you? I don't know. They might be calling. They might not. Pete might pick up the phone. He might not. I'm not I'm not doing this again. So you have a call now if you want it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, we have a call? Oh. Sure. Okay, who's on, who's on hold? This is like mystery package. <laughs> he wants to talk about Patrick Mahomes. Okay. Were you going to tell me this, or was I just going to have to go on a <laughs> Pete doesn't answer the phone calls right before I get one? No, I'm, I'm going to tell you on the Pete. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you got a full banger call. You can't, yeah. you can't know it, but we got a full banger call. Well, DA, if you would have said something, I would have told you. <laughs> Why didn't you say you wanted phone calls? <laughs> Are you going to take the call? (laughs) (laughs) Happy birthday, Pete, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Who is it? This is exciting. This is Lance, New Mexico. (laughs) (laughs) With Coach Bob Davey and then Holly Homer, I'm the only one that predicted it in town. Kicked Ronda Rouse's face in. And nobody else said they're just so weak here. And I was the one that said, she's going to beat her. But every morning you make me laugh, and I thought I'd try to return the favor. God bless. Okay, appreciate that, Lance. Thank you, sir. Good job screening, Pete. This is all types of perfect. This is exactly why Pete doesn't answer the phones. He's like, you see, DA, you want that? Is that what you want? He wants to talk about Patrick Mahomes. This dude just randomly yells about Ronda Rousey and then hangs up the phone. <laughs> Great AFC championship. Game team. Let's get DJ Tommy Q on the phone. <laughs> and us ragging on him for it, and then him going, "Okay, well, we got a phone call on the uh, on the line right now, and we take it, and it's an awful, disastrous phone call, and so Pete wins again." And that was so funny. I had that ranked as five. That was, out of all my rankings, that was the one that hit most inaccurately based on where the ultimate, you know, countdown's going to go. I had it at five. It came in at number 16. And that also, had I not voted it that high, it probably is out of the countdown altogether. Might be. I got that one in my top 12, DA. That was the 11 for me because something about that moment was so unique and so perfect and so different from the other ones that to me it had to be in the top 12. But it is a moment that Pete himself, probably to no surprise, kind of like me with the fat moment, didn't have in any of his first four out because he's probably thinking to himself, maybe this makes me look bad. You had a bogus voted out. But again, you know, bogus voted that out. You're starting to already get a feel for his top five. So he was kind of all over the place. Kaplan voted it out, and Connor had it right where it should have been, too, on a first four out. But I agree with you. To me, it's it's a unique moment, and that that comes in with the weighing what should be in the top 12 and what shouldn't. And we discussed Bogus's fears about too many Mraz moments or 
you know, not having a caller, which is why, you know, he felt like Cookie Monster was better. This, to me, represented one of those different kind of moments because it's centered around Pete. It's centered around, you know, because we all know we hammer each other on the show all the time. Very rarely, maybe one time on my hand or, you know, on one hand I could count through the eight years of the DA show, does somebody have a moment where they get hammered and almost instantaneously they get justified in their defense against the hammering. It was such a special moment like that. It was. It was special. And so we've now played five of them. Pete and the callers, the Cookie Monster call, you hate how you look on camera, you and Marat, you and Bogish fighting over Forbidden Monkey Love, and now Landfill, <laughs> which is hosted by Human Filth. That's the first five of, well, of the 12 DAs. And I just want to throw in, too, because obviously I've been monitoring the way our Twitch audience has approached the first yeah. five 12 DAs. I get the sense, and again, you could be listening to this on Thursday or Friday, and maybe you've already heard another 12 DA play, but based off the first five we've played, it feels as if to me, DA, the barometer that has been set on whether something belongs or not is whether or not it's better than Bogus versus me on the monkey argument. Now, again, this had a 12DA within a 12DA potentially for next year, but the audience seemed to love that moment even before Bogus and I were fighting so much that today or on Wednesday's show, when the 12DAs actually start and we play landfill, it feels as if a lot of the audience is trying to measure up to the monkey argument, and I wonder how long that barometer will stay where people are looking at that and feeling like we, the staff, undersold that moment huh so did most people think that forbidden monkey love was better than human filth landfill yes yes in fact i would say most people and this is going strictly on twitch because obviously as you've alluded to and put on the show we now have a poll for listeners to vote on which can be found on all of our twitter accounts as well that seems to be of all the five we played people's absolute favorite moment And many who obviously still haven't heard the moments to come believe that that kind of should have been a top five moment of the year. I don't think I had it in my top 16. Let me pull up the grid here. I don't think so. What were the votes? I I feel like, by the way, I'm on the old draft cards with Jimmy Johnson trying to figure (laughs) out value as I I go to this. What's the forbidden monkey love votes? Who voted it? Who voted it? Who, Who valued it most? Connor Green had it as his fourth favorite moment of the year. Fourth. So, by the way, Connor Green might need a deep dive on his visit on the moments afterwards. I had it as seventh. I knew it was that good. I knew it was that special. I thought it was very funny. DA, you had it out altogether. Pete had it a first four out. And Kaplan and Bogues had it out altogether. And Bogues was a part of it. Hmm. Now, I can't say I was wrong because... I haven't heard anything yet where I'm like, that doesn't belong in the top 16. So I have to keep listening because that's the problem with making these cuts. Something has to be left out. So if you want, if you think Forbidden Monkey Love is that good, you need to take something else out of what you've already heard. What doesn't make it in there? Right. Well, and that would be my point. I guess so far the Twitch audience would say, we found one. It should be landfill and monkey fight should be flipped. Okay. Which is my point. I want to see how long that barometer continues. And maybe that's it. Maybe it ends after that one, but we'll see. So I think that Forbidden Monkey Love <laughs> hit something like an album. <laughs> hit two things that make it really popular right now. Number one, 
it's obviously absurd. And I think what we found is our listeners really like the absurd. I think Stunned to a News opened up a whole Pandora's box of potential 12 DAs. And I was trying to think of what the genesis of the 12 of of Stunned to a News was. And if I'm not mistaken, wasn't it the pandemic? Wasn't it that no. sports shut down? Absolutely not. No, 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 no. Yeah, I don't remember, and you might remember, I don't remember why I said I've never been more stunned to a news. Is that what you're referencing, or are you referencing the segment? The segment. I could tell you the segment was pre-pandemic because when we found out behind the scenes we were being moved to a morning show off of our you know midday show, at least on the East Coast, you and I met and you had a couple ideas for how we could grow the show because we were going to be gaining an hour of content and, you know, things, let's face it, when you're listening to the radio, morning radio tends to be a little different than everything else. And your idea was to take that drop, stun to a news and have a non-sports wacky segment. And that started the very first day of us in mornings, which was a full two months before the pandemic ever happened. Okay, so that was the start of us in mornings. I yes. couldn't remember whether it was the start of mornings or whether it was because pandemic we didn't have no. sports to talk no, about. No, that was like our, our brand new baby when we removed to mornings was Stunned to a News. So Stunned to a News actually has opened up a whole new tunnel for 12DA content because it automatically daily leads us into an absurd conversation, which is kind of what we do best anyway. Yes, no doubt. It's a natural way of having us discuss or debate something stupid like an Oasis cover band stuck in the snow in a bar or a dog pooping on the Flyers logo. Absolutely. I'm quickly searching my email, and you're right. December 31st, 2019, I had sent our production team, the production parts for Stun to a News as the open. New that Year's right Eve, b- nothing like waiting the last minute, huh? <laughs> So that was sent to production, and they got that back to me, and then boom. <laughs> by, by the way, what do you think production felt like as they're planning their New Year's Eve party and getting that email from you? <laughs> Judging from our production team, I think they had plenty of time on their hands. <laughs> Good point. Great point. So, so okay, so I think it hit the stun to a news check box box got checked i just think people like stun to a news because it's the the one moment that you can guarantee we're not talking about sports and people like that number two because the debate spilled over into real time yesterday it gave it new life yes i think if you guys had just gone to your separate corners after we played the 12 da's and that was the end of it it would have been really good it is really good, but because you were so emotional still, and you specifically were pleading the case of a lonely woman and a lonely monkey. It led to an argument at my own dinner table that night, yes. so That I, that I think it breathed even more life. It was like a fire that was burning, but somebody like was pumping wind through it to, to throw the blaze even farther. And so those two things, I think, yesterday made it catch even more fire. And the fact that you guys were fighting in the middle of an update and then fighting during commercial break over it was like, this is really special. This is a really special one. So I don't think we could have foreseen that part of it, of why people, I think, this year will value it higher than it was ranked. Yeah, because I guess it's weird too, right? Because the 12 DAs, generally speaking, over what, nine years, 
debates, like hardcore debates are very rare that they're on there as well. So to not only have a debate itself make it between two people on the staff, but a debate that leads to so much actual anger. Like that was not for show on Tuesday's show. Bogus and I left the studios yesterday upset with each other over <laughs> over this. Like there wasn't even a hug or slap it out. It was like we actually looked at each other like I honestly will just talk tomorrow. Like it was one of those and I was still arguing about it with my wife at the dinner table. So yes, I think you're right. I think the anger that came of it and an understanding when we both saw each other Wednesday morning that we were angry over a monkey and a crazy woman really I think does add an element to it. What was the debate like with your dinner table? Basically, uh, in the end, it led to my wife understanding my point of view, understanding Bogus's point of view, and then questioning why I care so much about this woman when I got my own problems. Up. <laughs> so, so, so Danielle was in the middle. Yeah, she she said, "Well, yeah, Bogus is right. Nobody should be doing that. What if kid? Her point was, what if kids walk by and they question their parents why that woman's acting like that? Maybe that's what the zoo was like. And I, I thought that was a good argument. Bogus didn't bring that to the table, but her point back to me was, in the end. You, yes, you're you're putting these animals behind cages. They're there for us to see an ooh and ah at. So now you're drawing the line and deciding what's too far of an ooh and an ah without actually getting sexual. So she actually did see both sides of it. But even by seeing Bogus's side, I got very animated. Taylor was looking at me like, well, Daddy, what is wrong with you? I don't know why. Something about that clip really bothered me. It bothered me that this woman was basically getting screwed out of this. Well, what I thought having listened back to it yesterday uh, in podcast form, and then also I had videotaped. I had recorded you guys fighting during commercial break and posted it on Instagram. It struck me that you have a real sympathetic heart to somebody who's sad, that this woman felt lost or lonely, and that's where you gravitated, and that's a compliment to you. You cared about her loneliness instead of looking at her like a crazy person. I really, I could be wrong. I don't think this was much about zoology ethics. I don't think, I don't think you. That sounds you, like a heck of a college class. <laughs> I don't think you really cared about the space of the monkey. I don't think you cared about having that monkey pried out of the wilderness. I think you cared about the loneliness of a woman and that you saw this lonely woman find love with a monkey and said, why are we going to punish her? By sending her back to her house, she's going to be even more sad. I think that was really the crux of the argument. And yes. then you built around, you know, oh, so we care about the monkey. But, I mean, you've been yeah. to a million zoos before. I don't think that you come away from a zoo feeling bad for the the animals. No, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think you absolutely hit the nail on the head. My point I'm bringing into the animal. And by the way, actually, that's wrong for me to say hit the nail on the head. I don't care about the animals. But, yeah, I pay to go to zoos, aquariums, all of that stuff. My point was... I had to use that other argument because, to me, it only spoke to the hypocrisy of crushing this woman while acting like it's solely about the monkey when, if you actually look at the reality of the monkey's life, the you know people, in essence, have already screwed the monkey. So, <laughs> I, yeah, I felt that I do have a soft spot, and I, I think I kind of lived the pandemic this way where I saw, you know, I, I mental health to me is a big deal when I see people struggling with that. And, you know, I, and to me, that that's a major mental health issue. The woman is clearly struggling with something if she thinks that a monkey and her are having a relationship. And to me, as long as you're not crossing a sexual line where there's some kind of other pandemic that's going to start as a result of it, I'm fine with blowing kisses. You want to be crazy and love a monkey as long as it doesn't actually happen physically, then to me, to each his own. <laughs> I wonder about 
the the popular vote here. I wonder how that is going to alter maybe how we look at our votes and our rankings. Because sure. now for the first time, we do have immediate feedback from the listeners. What, and, and you're allowed to vote for 10 of the contestants, the, the eligible entries into the 12 DAs. You can vote for 10 of them. Check the box on top of the video. You can watch all the videos, etc. And then you vote, and then it spits them out. But you cannot vote again, and you don't see the results. Right. So I don't know if you voted today. I voted today I did. just to see, and I'm like, whoa, this is very dramatic. You don't even get to see where the votes go. It is. It is. And I will say that I uh, I make a vow to the listeners that I since I have everybody's grid and everything, and I know the formula which we calculate a vote, once the 12 DAs are over DA, I will then add in the fan vote, like we were. We probably would do a bit on this anyway, and I will see how much of the list might have been altered, and that could lead to serious change next year. Like Lincoln Riley going to USC. If this, huh. if this poll site that Kaplan, to his credit, worked very hard to figure out the right way to do it, if it works, even if it's not necessarily perfect compared to the way we vote. Maybe then we are issuing a seventh vote to the committee if it works and it feels like it's not crazy. Okay. You know, the 12 DAs off of this fan vote, if you guys are out there listening and participating, it could alter the 12 DAs forever. How interesting would it be if this year's 12 DAs spawned a 12 DA of next year, which was you and Bogish fighting over Forbidden Monkey Love? I'm I'm glad you brought that up because I am going to bring this up to Bogish in a little bit as well. Uh, There's no way of knowing what happens throughout the year, and that's the beauty of the 12 DAs. And there's years you absolutely know what the 12 DA is. The number one, when you hear it, I will always go back to Torg Bellinger that year and say, I knew right then and there there was nothing topping it. Do you think, now this was a first four out, do you think, knowing nothing about what's coming, that that fight about a 12 DA will be higher than a first four out like we saw with the original monkey fight? It's an excellent question. I think the 12 DAs causes everybody to be a bit of a prisoner of the moment. And so you hear it that day and you're like, oh, this should be higher. We do this every single year. That's got to be higher. How could that not be? And for the for the people saying Forbidden Monkey Love, you know, is a top five, they'll hear another seven candidates where they're like, that should be top five. That should be top five. They can't all be top five. So I think people are prisoners of the moment here. But does hit a very significant box. Number one, it's totally absurdist. Number two, it's non-sports. Number three, it's a heated debate over absurdist non-sports stuff. People seem to love it. And number four, not for nothing, it involves an animal. And metrics will tell you on every social media, like you want traction on social media, post an animal, post a dog, post a cat, Post a deer, post a cow. Just people love animals. That there's just something about. Like, I don't know if you ever saw this study, but you might wonder, like, why is every minor league baseball team now becoming like the furry goats or the yard mice or the the pink cockatoos? It's because studies told minor league baseball teams that people are attracted to silly animals. They just love them. And so I, I think it just the yard goats. It 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 hits. It just hits a box. And so it wouldn't surprise me next year if people love rallying back, running back the debate. I think the six of us on the show will be like, eh, we did this last year. 
I, I don't think we'll vote it very well, high, but and, it wouldn't surprise me if the listeners do. And that's the reason I wanted to ask you that, because obviously for all of those listening to the show, I pull all of these moments as they happen throughout the year, and we have a folder that say that we look back on, obviously, at the end of the year. And they're all labeled in a certain way. It's the date it happened and whatever the issue was. I made a point of labeling this in a way that highlights it was a fight about a 12 DA, hoping that it might garner us to remember and have a little more eyes on it, saying, wait a minute, we fought about the 12 DAs, and maybe the uniqueness of what just happened does help catapult it next year. Well, we'll see, but I think that once again, the 12 DAs is going to spawn a lot of this, like reaction, what's next year, what's really good, what hits, and we're all kind of prisoners of the moment when it happens and it's really funny or it's really memorable. Inevitably, we're all like, man, that should be higher, man, that that should be so much higher. So let me just ask you about Cookie Monster for a moment here. Oh, good morning, DA. Can I ask a favor of you? Yeah. Will, will you please beat me up to the mothership, please? <laughs> yes, of course. For Moraz coming to Sesame Place. Moraz, if you can hear me, I apologize for no cookies. See, when you come on Friday, I got a, a direct message from some guy named Peter Schwartz, and he complained to me saying, Eat all the cookie, Cookie Monster, because Moraz is coming to eat them all. So he sent me a message, and so I'm sorry. Next time you come, we will have cookies, and we will have a cookie party for you and your wife, Danielle, and your little baby, Taylor. Congratulations on your new cookie in the oven, and I bid you... Excuse me, I have to go get a glass of milk now. I just ate 12 dozen cookies. So, happy Trash Tuesday. And Oscar the Grouch is my trash for today because he doesn't wave. If we had a choice at Sesame Place, he would use only one finger on his hand, and it's not a good one. Have a wonderful day. And I will talk to you guys another day. Cookie out. Because the Bourbon Bell said that's her favorite. She loved it. She wow. loved the Cookie Monster. Yeah. And I said, why? And she says, I think because it was just so feel good. Like you hear Cookie Monster and you just feel good. She's like, I was just driving and I just smiled. She's like, I really liked when you read Cookie Monster's tweets as well. And I was like, yeah, there's something really funny about Cookie Monster's tweets because somebody really smart is tweeting them in Cookie Monster's voice, but kind of they're in on the joke. They get that it's kind of silly that Cookie Monster would even tweet, and what would he tweet about? And, you know, I, I was wondering how you felt about Cookie Monster because I don't think I put it in my top 16, but I do think it was like the perfect antidote to like heavy sports talk that we can do and what, you know, just debating sports can become make fun of this you rip this guy this guy's lost this guy should be benched this guy stinks you know all of this type of stuff and then you just get silly sesame street cookie monster call and it just lightens everything out up uh you're right da you're right and i would say overall we as voters didn't love this as much as everybody else it was helped into the first four out because of andrew bogish who had it actually as one of his 12 da's the 12th overall 
and it was Andrew Kaplan who had it as the first four out. The rest of us did have it off the board, and I, it definitely wasn't my favorite moment of the year, but I think there's some truth to that, and I also think this is one of those things where even if it's not the funniest, maybe it is a feel-good. Maybe it is really different, and also it's a different voice to the show, right? You know, Bogish and I, you doing Shep and, you know, Pete with the phones. Everybody knows our voices and hears our voices. To have a, a an imitator that's a good imitator, by the way, that wasn't a bad cookie monster. It's that's good. a good cookie monster. And hearing a different voice to the show have kind of one of those moments I think that kind of should be weighted higher. I think that does break up the monotony of what are they arguing about today? What you know? What are they laughing about today? And this is something completely different. And who doesn't love Cookie Monster either, right? Like there, even if you don't watch Sesame Street because you're a grown adult, Cookie Monster has this feel good place, kind of like Elmo does in everybody's hearts. That it's a character you root for. So how could you not root for Cookie Monster to be higher up the ladder in a twelve day of Christmas? I think. A, a unique voice is important to remember here because when we listen back to 40 or 50 clips to vote on them at the end of the year, it's, again, like you said, it's the same voices. And so maybe some of them end up, you know, kind of becoming a bit white noise. It's why I voted Danielle as ripping you for calling her the enabler high. I liked hearing Danielle's voice on the air in the middle of all this. It sounded different. It was mixing it up. It was like a, a pitcher that throws gas and then throwing in a changeup. It just, it was, I thought it was refreshing. And I think the same thing for Cookie Monster. A different sound does stand out amongst all of this. There's no doubt about it. And a good sound, right? It's not just some drunk caller or meth head mark or something. It's still Cookie Monster. He's a guy that's going to make everybody laugh. There's a lot still to go that, you know, people, they they might not know. Like, if you go to our voting page, you'll see a lot of the candidates. But if you don't, you might not know what's coming up. You might put two and two together from some of the clips that are in the open of the 12 DAs, but maybe not. And, you know, we're only up to 11 tomorrow on Thursday. The 11 are powerhouses. There's no, there's nothing in there that you could drop out and say you could tell the story of 2021 without it. Yeah, I, yeah I'm looking at the rest of the week now, and I agree with you. And I don't even understand. I'm not even looking at my personal votes. The next four that are going to come, I don't even understand how I determined which I would have voted higher than the other. Because I'm looking at them all, and I could take number 11 and easily say, no, 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 that should be number seven, and so on and so forth. It's great. I mean, I can tell you that there's astonishment coming up on Thursday. On Friday, there's family on family crime. <laughs> on Monday, there's defensiveness. On Tuesday, there's bewilderment. <laughs> Next Wednesday, it's just hilarity. Next Thursday, it's company on company crime next friday it's education system i mean it just like there's so much packed into these they all have their own story i mean it's uh who said the other day that every play has its own story we're yeah. cracking up about that i forgot whoever said that 
Every is that Joe Judge? Joe Judge might have said that. I forgot. Every play has its own story. What a joke! I I will say this, DA, and you you gave great one word answers to all. I I kind of looking at the list now, and maybe I've looked at it too many times to know. I feel like for the most part, the groupings, like we talk about the college football playoff, are right. I think by the time we get to number six on Thursday, you know, pick out of a hat who you would have six through one because I think they're all freaking classic. So we will get yeah. to that point. Yeah, I know. Oh, I mean, I you, you could. I think the I I think number one's inarguable. I think you cannot argue that, and I think we will all be validated in that vote. I think everything else, like you said, two through four, two through five, you can slide up and down. I don't think number one you can slide out of number one. You're probably right, although I will tell you, number one, DA, only two of the six votes voted at number one. Really? Yes. Which is obviously those two votes held the most power, and that's why it got to number one. And you, by the way, did vote at number one. So, Wow. The number one this year only was voted number one by two voters. Yes, and two people had it at two. So four of those six votes at least thought it was one or two. But it, uh, yeah, so it's, I mean, you're saying it's inarguable, but if only two of the six votes said it was number one, then maybe it is arguable. So we'll see. Well, I guess it is. Wow. Well, then I, I can't wait to hear the votes of what got voted number one above it. Because yeah. I thought it was such a, a cement lead pipe lock. And that's the beauty of the PGP throughout this whole month. We're going to have five more by the time we do this PGP next week to debate and see where they've all ranked. So these PGPs are basically like the college football ranking shows yes. on Tuesday nights leading up until the final ranking. Yes, yes. As we do a great uh, tap dance n- discussing what we already know while trying to avoid revealing what's to come. Exactly. Are you going to continue fighting about forbidden monkey love with Bogus inside? Uh, I don't know if it's a fight or more if Bogus and I can come to an understanding and an agreement. We're going to try to hammer that out in side B coming up next. <laughs> Okay, well, that was side A. More on the 12 DAs on side B. Ho, 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 dee doo dee doo It's Mraz here on side B of the PGP. How are you? Joined by Andrew Bogish, Mr. Claus himself. Andrew, hello. I'm Mr. Claus. I was just about to say you should absolutely be some kind of mall Santa soon. Because I'm fat. That's jolly. What it always comes I'm going to go jolly. No, I'm going to go crap. jolly. You're full of crap. You do the same thing that everybody else does when they see somebody in December that has a gut. Oh, you play Santa Claus for the kids? No. Nope. <laughs> my my sentence is clearly based and only based on you just doing ho, ho, ho to start the podcast. Have you ever played Santa? Have I ever played Santa? No, I have not. I played Santa once. I was younger. Uh, 20s. I was dating Danielle mm-hmm. at the time, and she had... A family party with family. I couldn't even tell you any of their names because we never see them anymore. But, like, that kind of family. Very, very extended Christmas mm-hmm. party family. Cousins of cousins, that kind of deal. Who brought the kielbasa? Good question. Okay. Good question. And he... he the... Um, I'm sorry, I'm laughing now thinking about <laughs> DA's Trash Tuesday. The, the whole bit was whoever was supposed to play Santa was sick that night. Couldn't come. So we're talking 15 years ago. So, look, it's no secret. I didn't just balloon like Mike Zimmer over the last couple of years. I always had a gut... <laughs> And it was one of those things, the kids there didn't know who I was. I was, you know, I barely knew anybody there to begin with. I was, you know, give me a Dos kind of deal. I was, you know, having a couple beers. They asked if I would be Santa Claus. And as you can imagine, I nailed the role. Right. <laughs> you know, funny jokes to the kids. On the, I was at home. 
as Santa Claus. So why are you mad at me? Because for the same reason I was upset when I was asked. I did it because I was trying to impress Daniel and Shaw I could be good with the kids and Clearly, I was. Ironically, mm. I'm terrible with them now. Right. But Your it actually matters. <laughs> but it actually matters. <laughs> I had all the makings of a prospect, and then you get to the big leagues and you fail. I, uh, because I was only asked because I was big. If she was dating a, a toothpick, you know, they're not going to get asked to be Santa Claus. And you looked at me. You saw me do ho, ho, ho. You saw my gut protruding out of a sweatshirt, a Brooklyn Nets sweatshirt. And you said you should be Santa Claus. And you make them same as people always look at me. You know, Santa Claus. And it, it's hurtful. But your Zimmer gut is not new to me. What triggered that thought was you going that big booming voice, ho, 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 to start the podcast. Ho, 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 Merry 12 yeah. days of Christmas. Exactly. Now, can I can I say for sure that if you were the size of Billy and you did that, I would have said the same thing? I don't no, know. you would not have. And it's okay. So maybe subconsciously it's in there. That it's visually okay. you might fit the Santa role too, but I, that my first comment my first came from your voice. And your it's ho, my ho, own ho. fault that people would look at me in my figure and determine that I would be a good Santa Claus. It's not your fault. It's your fault for not being more mindful. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. That being said, I don't want to use the F word. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't want to argue with you anymore, but I do have to bring up a bloodbath. That was you and I on the first four out finale of the 12 DAs of Christmas, fighting over forbidden monkey love, mm. as DA is titling it. <laughs> That's from August the 26th. <laughs> Like, there's still, to me, I'm listening to this and I'm getting more angry. How you could possibly defend the zoo here is so asinine, it's incredible. Because the real zoologists here said that the other monkeys were oh. shunning this monkey because of this relationship, and they thought that was more unhealthy for it. But how do they know? Maybe that monkey is a liar. They... Maybe that monkey cheats in poker games. Like, how do we know? The zoologist. The a liar. Come on. Right, so again, this is you being the expert of a monkey in Germany, which, by the way, you in the break said, where was Antwerp? I think <laughs> Germany, so not America. You don't even know where the zoo is. Never but seen this monkey. I know people, monkey, I know animals. Monkey. And the bottom line is Do this. you know animals? Because the history of the <laughs> show would suggest otherwise. AB has our headline. Thanks, DA. Uh, the Bills defense allowed one big play on a nasty night in Buffalo. The Patriots' D did not. Allen looks over the defense, got the shotgun snap. They rush five. Here comes the blitz. He throws a line drive pass. Patted down at the one. And New England's defense does it again. And you know another thing, Bogus. If you had a dog, would you not allow the dog to kiss your kids in the face because it licks its poop? Sean, you, I know that you say what you're not saying, but these things that you're saying are not what was going on at this zoo. Point is, if you had animals and had a bone of an animal body, you'd feel differently. But carry on with your... No, I would not, Sean, because you know what I do? I trust the people who have actually seen the chimpanzee in person and went to school for a long time to understand how they behave. Go on, Belichick's great game plan. Fine. Kevin Harlan on Westwood One. Miles Bryan's past breakup, sealing a 14-10 win on Monday Night Football. Because here's the crazy thing. I'm defending the animal. Go on. Ben Simmons rumors. (laughs) We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. 
You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Cookie out. Back to you, DA. Could the reaction to a 12DA be next year's 12DA? <laughs> and in a rare inception-like moment, a 12DA of Christmas, where usually we're holly jolly laughing, having a good time about them, led to, you could argue, an angrier moment that spurned than the one that spurned the 12DA. Because the reason it was a 12DA is because of the ridiculousness and I guess the funniness to people that weren't you and I about arguing over such a crazy thing like a lady in a zoo in love with a monkey. Then... That argument, which clearly was not resolved between you and I, no. gets replayed and only f- further spurns us to argue again. It was almost like we finished that argument, people liked it enough that it wanted to be clipped as a 12DA, then we hear it, and both of us in our own worlds heard what we believed were more ridiculous takes than we heard the first time from yes. the other one. Yeah, And it led to more arguing, including you not really being able to finish your update because you and I were like, the heck with the, the score, I can't stop this argument. It led to arguing off the air that DA put on Instagram. It led to me arguing with my wife about it at the dinner table. She's on my side? Eh, not all the way. Okay. She totally understood where I was coming from. She totally understood where you were coming from. In the end, her point was, who cares? It's a monkey and a crazy lady. Well, that's not fair. That's not the way these things end, Danielle. Of course, none of this matters. But then I was angry for her even seeing your side. Right. So, which wanted me... now, Now, we both left here, full disclosure yesterday... We're never going to hate each other's guts, but there was definitely a sense of annoyance. Like, all right, I'm done with Sean for the day. I'm done with Bogus for the day. We're going to go home, and we're going to come back, and it's going to be a new day, Christmas season. Yeah. And we've been fine. <laughs> In fact, if you listen to Wednesday's show, you and I were the least We're the best friends. <laughs> I mean, wait. There so this, was no awkwardness on the air between you and I on Wednesday. But This bothered you for the rest of Tuesday? Uh, well, I guess it didn't bother you. I mean, so... I think what helped was when I came out of, when it happened and we came out of it, I felt like most of the newsroom was on my side. I think now if I incorporate Danielle's half vote in, I think I'm winning like six and a half to three and a half in a very informal Twitter reply poll. So I think that helps soothe things. The only thing that bothered me, and this is, you know this about me. I can't believe here we go. You called me dumb. In there, and like, or you know, you're so well, smart, and like that. You I'm, also just associated me with Santa Claus. So it's true. So we're probably even on that front. That's fair. Um, but no, I mean, I, I was I was over it fairly quickly because it is insane. <laughs> I'm pre- I'm still confident that I'm right in the end, so that helps as well. You're, you're not, but okay. Uh, <laughs> but I did get mad again a little bit listening to it on Wednesday morning as the epic fail. Because of some of the things you were saying on Tuesday in the third version of this fight now. So maybe this is just one of those. You know how they say don't talk like religion and politics at the dinner table? 
I think bogus that you and I need to come to an understanding that once this PGP specifically wraps up, and we were taping this on December 8th, 2021, you and I basically should never discuss zoo monkey love again because I, I just don't think that this is an argument where eventually one of us is going to say, you know what, Bogues? I was wrong about that. This kind of feels like we have a hung jury on a case. Well, <laughs> but this you're the person that said something about, oh, the monkey being upset after they took the lady was banned. And, and so there's a lot of things. There's actually, we could do a whole other podcast on other factual wanna, strings to I untie here. I don't want to do that. No, no, no. Just from like a, just from like a news standpoint, like I, she actually wasn't banned. They eventually asked her to just right. stop doing the behavior. Which is important for up that we didn't mention on Wednesday show. Kaplan brought that to her attention. Right. That yes, she's allowed in the zoo, which makes me right. feel better. But at one point you said that the monkey was heartbroken because they made her stop coming. And I went back and found the story that makes no mention of that. And you go, the point still stands after your point was disproven. So how how, how can someone argue with that? How do we fix that? I will say, if you listen to Side A, as most of of the audience, unless they're just clicking through, just did. I think DA, to his credit, found a very... Now, I still think he probably sided with you, which is interesting. DA found a good way of avoiding whose side he was on on this. Mm Now that I even think about that, I just taped side A with him. and I sh- I'm angry I didn't ask him and put him on the spot. And now he'll have listened to this probably driving to Rhode Island or something. Right. And, and he'll have a better answer than on the spot. But he did say, upon further examination, he believes one of my strengths is having a soft spot, essentially for mental health and not just seeing this woman as a crazy lady. And I think a lot of my argument about the monkey and being sad and all that, I think to me, I was just using it to build the resume over my main point, which was... <laughs> Can somebody just feel bad for this woman? Like, and that was that was kind of where we were at. Like, she's in love with a monkey. Like, there's as long as she's not, I'm just gonna say banging the monkey, right? But which I hope we could say on these. I, who cares? We'll find out later. Yeah. Um, I think there's like just a button that Pete has to push that says it's now explicit. Yeah, um, true. but like, you also my, my I'm not saying that there's any, that that I'm not being dismissive of her. I just don't think that her issues should be solved the way she's trying to solve them. <laughs> well, all right. And and as I said on the air, like, I'm going to trust the people that say this is bad for the monkey, the chimp, oh. and that's where I'm going. And you're the one going, they're wrong. So, I mean, All again, right. you're right. You've got you, I've got oh. me, and we'll do this again when it's a 12 DA in 2022. Perfect segue. This is where we do the with bacon and the fruit, the awkward <laughs> transition. I pose this question to DA inside A, and I'm going to pose it to you. And DA's point was, we remember not to be prisoners of the moment. That moment, the monkey forbidden love fight, did not make the 12 days of Christmas. It was the first of the first four out, or the last, whichever way you want to count those right. four, the Dayton games. Do you think, based on the fact that this, I could tell you in our folder for next year's 12 days, this is the first candidate that will pop up in date order. It's the first one we've saved for next year already. Do you think that this will find a higher ranking than the original monkey forbidden love fight because of and I mentioned the uniqueness of it's a fight about a 12DA, so does that make it a higher credit 12DA? We were right. talking about differences. Was it funnier than the original fight that led to a 12DA? Or is it one of those we're going to see it as DA pointed out and say, well, we already technically did this last year? 
does the off-air continuation of the fight that DA recorded, does not that count? Order. It does not count. Because I like some of the things I said during that exchange. So you want it selfishly to count. Well, I think I think it makes the thing better that we're still arguing in the commercial break. Sure. Um, Although, as we heard in the epic fail on, on Wednesday's show, I'm losing track of days here. I know. Christmas comes. Uh, there were, I mean, there were some good zingers there. Yeah. And already made rejoiners. So... But don't answer on the question. Just yes or no. What you know about the clip? Prediction. I, yeah, I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna stand up. Now we went through like forty clips for this year, and that's what's important. There's no way of knowing what's right. gonna come this year. I, I mean, I'm hoping that we're gonna be as productive next year as we were this year. So I'm hoping there's a sure. lot of competition. But I, I think I like our chances right now, even projecting out. Of, you know, for twelve months. I agree with you. And I, I mentioned this to DA, and it's like the fourth time. I keep using this crutch that I keep mentioning this stuff at side A. I also made sure to label it in a way, because you know with listening to these clips, it's like, okay, what was that again? I made sure to include that it wasn't just a monkey fight again. It was a fight about a 12 DA. Right. Because I, for some reason I feel like, and maybe it's just me selfishly, when I look quickly to scan through what I'm going to listen to and go through everything in all our files that lead us to this voting process that you listeners hear, I feel like if I read that, it, that, to me, will jog like, ooh, this is different. It, we had a 12DA, and it was right. a fight about a 12DA, which I actually think my—I I guess I'm trying to pat myself on the back. Long way of me saying, I believe if this clip makes it, my labeling will be the first breadcrumb that helped it there. Well, I also think, too, that this is a good example for my suggestion that we should all— it probably only, is only going to work as a, as a special podcast, yeah. not a show. Sure. But if we all sit down together and— for the first time again, go back through at least some of the clips, not every single one, because like there are con, you know, there are, like there's contextual things about each one that maybe we're not going to remember when we're doing it at home by ourselves. But if we're sitting there as a group laughing, oh, remember this, oh, remember that, that might help us. So like if we're all sitting there, eleven months from now. And we hit play on this for the first time since then and go, oh, my God, remember this. And then Diego's, I put it on Instagram. Like, like you know, there were yeah. there were guests here. We were arguing over guests' heads yesterday as this was going on, too. Like, all of that stuff comes back up in this conversation and might help it even more get back into 12. I might be wrong here. Is this year about to be 10 years or are we about to – is this about to be nine years? So the we of CBS Sports Radio. Right, Twenty thirteen was the first year we were on the air. 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 France here. 19, 20, 21. So we've been on the air nine years. Yeah. So twenty two is our tenth year. I wonder if you bring up the podcast idea, we're gonna have the regular twelve DAs. Ooh, Does a you... podcast at this time next year become the twelve DAs of ten years of the DA show? Well, where you go through the archives, and I mean, and then it's then you have to figure out your algorithm, right? Does every number one have to be one, or is there a year where number four could have been number one in another year? I, I think you have to default to all the number ones in competition, unless something has over time gained a different level of importance. Sure. Like it could have something could have been added to it. Might be different now, but I think you have to start with it's all the number ones. And we now know how to make a website that you can vote on. So, like, this could be where the listeners are involved and us. Right. And we make an even more complicated voting system when we get to yeah. all of us together on there, off the air, picking the moment. You might have a 12 DAs of the 12 DAs of Christmas. Yeah. The 12 DAs. Oh, <laughs> All sorts of possibilities. All sorts of possibilities. And look right. at you signing up for more work, possibly. Yep. yep. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, well, so I, I learned my lesson. I am not regretting that. I am not going to say I regret that at all. Yeah. No, you're gonna, and I'm gonna. This might nope. be the last time we hear of this this idea. It's going to die on this nope. episode. We're never going to do this. Nope. We bring this one up again. Again, if you listen to Wednesday show, I'm not bringing that up. Nope, not going to happen. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you can follow you Easter eggs there. You could follow you on Twitter at I love Pete Bellotti. Okay, you can follow. I don't think that's his handle it's anymore. It's not. Uh, at Andrew Bowden. Okay, and you yeah. can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at CBS. Have a great rest of the week, everyone. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.